Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 4 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Zorga Dulmin and joining me is David Charney. Hi David. Hello Nate. Hello everyone. But also today someone special is joining us. In another corner, Richard Hill. Hello. How are you all doing? Hello. Very good. Thank you Richard for joining us. You are here today as the author of the mega popular storyline game called Heroland. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you about this. But first, just a few housekeeping items. Uh, we never actually announced when the show is coming out, at which days is just random stuff or weekly or biweekly. Uh, and uh, because we decided weekly would be a bit too much, we um, settled on a three times a month schedule. So the show is uh, going to be released on 5th the 15th and the 25th. So it might happen that it doesn't, but we'll uh, try to make sure that it does. And uh, we also have some follow-up. David, you were, the last time you were explaining to us the problems with the pouring jug, and uh, we had a little bit, little, bit, little bit discussion about this. But later, you told me that you have actually solved this. So uh, tell us what happened. Yeah, just, uh, and yeah, by the, uh, the word solve, uh, you can take that word any way you want. But um, <laughs> just a little bit of background. Yeah, I've, I basically, in Storyline, I was trying to build this interaction where I've got a, a pitcher, like a water pitcher, and when you drag it over, let's say, a cup, uh, where you're really dragging it over a hot spot, I want it to look like it's pouring, and when you drag it off, I want it to look like it's no longer pouring, go to a state where it doesn't look like it's pouring anymore. So there's a couple ways to do that, and um, I think, Nate, you had said, you know, maybe... I guess my, my biggest issue is that, um, let's say you've got a cup of a certain size, you don't want it to look like it's pouring when it's on either side of the cup, just when it's over the cup. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do that is to have the, uh, the, the smallest hot spot that you can have. And uh, in Storyline 2, you really only have when, ob when object dragged over. Uh, there's no on drag out. So what I was doing was I, I had a, a hot spot when I dragged over it. Um, great, I had it switch. Um, but then I'd have to have this rectangle shape around it. Mm -hmm. Nates, you had thrown out the idea on our last podcast to start with a very small box, uh, you know, a little tiny square, and then go into the state and put my images on top of it. Yep. Um, and I couldn't remember if I had tried that or not, and I had not. Or no, actually, I had tried that um, in Storyline 2. And um, the problem is that doesn't affect it. It's not a solution, <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't use the tiny little box. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What it does use, um, though, is the, the full perimeter. Um, so I, I got the same result, but Storyline 360, it actually worked that way. And, um, and I had switched to 360 right before our last podcast, so I hadn't tried it in there. Now, when I try intersects or intersection ends, mm -hmm. I get the same result with a tiny little square. Mm -hmm. that I get in Storyline 2. It's the whole object, so I can't use that. So I went back to my original where I use a tiny hotspot box with a rectangle shape around it so that when you roll over the hotspot, it looks like it's pouring, and when you roll back over the rectangle shape, it, it switches again with another on object dragged over, over that rectangle so that it looks like it's no longer pouring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's very complicated, but that will use the small box that I can start with, where I go then into the state and add the picture image. That was the best way to do it. It gave me the smallest hotspot, if I'm making any sense at all. Mm -hmm. It gave me the, the smallest hotspot. Um, and, and, you know, so my, my, my biggest fear about that is there's differences in Storyline 2 than 360. And, uh, you know, I, I love to build things, but I you know, with updates, I don't know what will happen, so I'll have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that was the best the best thing. I had created a, a short video on that, and I'll make a new video to show that a little bit better, um, just in case people run into the same sort of situation. So even in 360, it, 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 from what I heard, it, it seems there is inconsistencies in terms of uh, if you use trigger... Uh, drag over of, or if you use trigger intersect right because you say it in one version it works with a small small object and in the other you can use a small object yeah if you use intersects or intersection ends 
yeah. it will it won't care about the little original object mm-hmm. that you draw. Um, it will just use whatever you put into the state uh, as the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the uh, on when object dragged over, that does use the whatever the tiny little object that you might draw. Uh, before going into the state and adding the other things, it will only use that as the um, the the original object. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a tricky issue because uh, I mean, in general, because uh, at one point you know, at at one point you have to switch to three sixty because it's you know it's the next thing. But uh, at the same time, you're afraid what whatever's going to happen, and especially in your project because it's already been been built there and maybe some other thing will break if you open it uh, in 360 so i mean i think everyone has to you know sort of value the the size of the project if 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 they will make the switch and you know work there and uh, you know risk some trouble and bugs and time to fix them but uh, <laughs> i think the sooner the better cuz um, <laughs> you're going to run into them Sooner or later. Yep, and and I have switched over to 360 in this because of a couple other bugs, like I had mentioned. I, I just I just don't quite know where we're going to end up as far as if updates are going to change the way certain things work because they weren't really mentioned in anything any documentation. So mm-hmm. um, again, I'm going to post a little bit more about that, and um, I'll also provide a little kind of bullet list of how I'd love to see it work. Just with all this this thing, I'm honestly I'm surprised I've not run into this before. Just playing around with storyline in the past, uh, mm-hmm. because I could imagine doing a lot more with this now that I've explored this a bit. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rick? Um, any luck or <laughs> not luck with 360? Well, um, I actually before the release, Articulate asked for the HeroLand story file which I'm not probably ever going to give out to anybody else, but the file itself, they wanted to test against the new version uh-huh. of Storyline, which I thought was Storyline 3. Um, they never got back with me, but since the I was able to open up the demo, and well, I saw what they saw. <laughs> and it compiles things um, completely differently. And there's issues with the drag and drop. So the way it was interpolating or updating that original story file, which is huge. Um, and there's lots and lots of triggers and lots of hacks. Um, it didn't like my drag and drops. It didn't like some gradients. So the crow looks d- demented, like in a weird, <laughs> in a weird, uh, Satan kind of way. It's, it's pretty scary. So it's these, the, it's just the way it interpolated a lot of the things. So I, I have been kind of going through there, but it's a lot of work and some of the fixes I'm really not certain of. So I'd actually have to do tests, um, kind of like David is, um, and see if I can get the drag and drop to work in a singular environment on its own story file. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a few, few things. And then you guys were talking about, um, you know, go moving to 360 as the next iteration, but isn't there a Storyline 3 coming next year too? And I've been kind of worried about that being another iteration, or is it just a... I think this is it. No, no, I think not. I think there's a... But you can expect, you know, a regular flow of, of updates. I, I think this is what's going on. Well, you can still buy Storyline 2. And I am almost certain I saw in the forums that, uh, somebody talking about the next standalone version of Storyline, which I guess would be three. I'm, I'm not trying to throw the rumor mill out there because everybody's just getting used to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to believe. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, it, although it doesn't make sense to me, you know. It now they have the whole package. You know, you buy everything for the subscription and. You know, because you can't buy Rise separately, for example. So I True. don't see it happening. Okay. Yeah, I would guess they'd push more updates through 360, but I'm sure we'll get information once this podcast goes live. <laughs> yeah, the rumor <laughs> mill is going to start flying. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, but uh, I think this is a great uh, jumping point. <laughs> we can jump from, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and let's jump into Heroland with Richard Hill. Okay. 
Okay, first, I, I have to. St- I I saw that um, I was digging around a bit on LinkedIn when you were when you posted this uh, when you posted the project, and I saw your comments that it uh, it took quite a while. It took ten months, according to your comment, to produce this. But uh, I'm pretty sure it must have been like many months before that when there was an idea flying around your head. Can you can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, actually, I was I was looking at apps, uh, not Storyline related, but then I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe you could build apps with Storyline, which I I think some people have experimented with, and um, so I actually was fleshing out some ideas, but they were they were completely different. But one of the ideas actually had that character or an early version of that character. So I did a mock-up and I liked the I liked the movement. And I'm like, oh, this this would be great. And because I wasn't gonna have a full 3D game or 3D full game engine. Mm-hmm. 2.5D, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um but I wasn't gonna have I wasn't gonna have all the movement and, and it, it just kind of manifested itself once I started doing Hero Land. Oh, and when was that? That was probably like November of last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what about the the whole the whole thing? I mean, you you what did you start with? You said the character, but then I guess you had to think about the levels and maybe think about the end before you start with. I had I think you had to have the story before the the development almost. Plus the additional you know uh, education on storyline that we we get along the way as well. Um, okay, so the stages on that are, A, I wanted to see if I could get the engine working itself. So really, it was more an experiment, if you will, mm-hmm. and it worked. So at that point, then I, I started fleshing out the ideas for the full full story. And so at that point, I probably decided to storyboard everything out and, and get some quick sketches of what I thought would be great if I could build this thing completely out. So play first, figured out something that the mechanics that kind of worked. And then from that was able to interpolate that with these mechanics, I can build a story. And so that's the, the flow of it. Did you want to uh, have the, I mean, I, I'm thinking that from the beginning you didn't, intend to include all those explanations of how the thing is made uh, but I guess at some point in the in, during the process you you were like I think some people want to know how it's done and then you started recording the, the tutorials or something yeah um, about probably that's probably the last thing to you know typically if you're gonna do an educational course you're probably gonna work with what you want to learn it to learn first. And what in a, in your target audience? This was a little backwards because uh, honestly, I started off with the game engine. I was more trying to figure out what I could do. But in by the second level, I was like, oh, well, I'm not really I'm not really teaching anything. This is just a game. Mm-hmm. So no gamification here. I will flat out say, storyline is not gamification. It's a game. And during that, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm doing so many really cool things under the hood that I've never seen in the forums that, yeah, this would be the perfect venue for me to actually explain them so people could use them. Now, I, I didn't know we were going to 360. So, <laughs> so Storyline 2 right. is the focus. And although most of those things work, I haven't tested everything out in 360, but I, I don't think there should be too much of a problem. Well, and, and you also decided at some point along the way to do everything except for audio as far as, as my understanding is, uh, within Hero Land. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to apply some effects to the uh, voiceovers. I had to include music because that's a, it's really a, Certainly. a, yeah, a big effect to put in a, the, the right score or, or something to ambient to, to kind of uh, emote you know, those feelings as you're going through it. Because honestly, it's, it's a very you know, simplistic system but with the music the right sound effects it it really pulls it back into that not cinematic but it pulls it back into that animation sphere Mm -hmm. right yeah it it creates a depth and kind of connects everything i i I felt when i when i yeah when it's silent it's pretty boring (laughs) 
I think I, I think I'm almost almost every um, always surprised how much of a difference the sound make once once you yeah even if you have a simple interaction just a small blip or just a little music in the background makes a huge difference. Yeah, I, I try to put as many as I could in without overloading it. So you said that. Uh, you by the level two, you realize you're not teaching anything. Yeah, pretty much. Which means you had to incorporate ebits then back in the first level. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, I did, and so, um, and I, I thought about there were other elements that never made it into the game, like life, health, or life, if you will. Yeah, I did have her picking up a bunch of different objects at once, but. It became it became too complex, I think, for the users because I know a lot of people don't play a lot of games, and my target audience, even though it's instructional designers, um, you know, I still get emails get people getting stuck in that first level, and I, mm-hmm. I tried to make it as basic as possible. Um, where were we? What was the question? Ebits, ebits. Oh yeah, yeah, the ebits. <laughs> so the ebits were, you know, basically thrown into that section, yeah, afterwards. But I did have the idea for coins, so there's my long rabbit trail. Coins, mm-hmm. I wanted to put them in. It was it was a perfect reward system for uh, finding a coin mm-hmm. or collecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that the, the, you said that you still get emails about the first level. I totally agree. <laughs> that is the most tricky one. <laughs> so the first level had mm-hmm. a more complex arrangement of mechanics than the following levels but they were all extremely related i borrowed um the buttons and things of that nature but if you if you actually look at the different levels the first second third fourth the buttons are all different and they do different things so in the first one the character has eight directions of eight eight directions of movement Mm -hmm. and so you can go diagonal and you can walk backwards and forwards into the foreground or backwards in the background and then the second one is just up and down motion because you're you're navigating a river the Mm -hmm. third one which is this cliff it's more the mechanics of donkey kong you're kind of going left right up down and climbing up ladders Mm -hmm. and hitting boxes and the, the fourth level the final level um, you are, it's, it's a left and right kind of, um, something like Galaga or, uh, space invaders, I guess yeah. that kind of mechanic. Yeah. Arkanoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Arkanoid. Yeah. You told us that you had the character before, uh, starting this, but what about the, the creation of the whole world and the characters within he- Hero Land? When, when did that happen? I guess with the story? Yeah, those were iterative. I they didn't all turn out the way they or were originally drawn in my sketchbook. Um, yeah, the the crow was a robot, mm-hmm. but it looked too. I don't know. It, it looked too roboty. <laughs> <laughs> the the big head. Oh, you're gonna love this. The big head was never intended to be big head, which is what my son and I nickname him um, <laughs> or it. Uh, it was supposed to be Atsumi. I was, it was going to be a giant, like, just, well, she's got some really cool expressions. You know, the character Atsumi, the Asian lady. I think that's what her name is, right? I think mm-hmm. I only know the name. Oh, the the storyline, the, 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 yeah, the, the character that you see all the, all the time that we use, um, in, in our storylines. Um, yeah, I was going to take her and, and, uh, I, I had actually did one of the e-learning challenges where I, I kind of made a, a 3D, um, slider. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it's a parallax slider where I actually sliced her up into, it sounds horrible, but I sliced her up into um, like back to front uh, as yeah. if she was in a bathtub and you were pouring water and then just kind of outlining where it would be on her cheek and then pour another quart of water and see where the, right up to her nose tip. And so I, I did that on a slider and I was thinking, oh, that would be so cool if Atsumi was like shooting lightning bolts out of her eyes. But it was. It, I have a. Uh, I have a three. Well, he's four now, but he was three at the time. It was too horrific. <laughs> so I could just yeah. And, yeah. I remember and, your. I remember what you did for that challenge. There, it's a little. It's a little makes you feel kind of strange. That face, that body, kind of moving around with those slices. I think you actually yeah. came out with the second version of that. That was a little bit different. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't. The second one. Yeah, the second one only moved left to right. The first one. 
moved along an arc. And uh, I'd love to explain that to one day, um, but maybe maybe the next show, right? <laughs> but exactly. um, it, it does have this 3D effect to it. And so, um, yeah, I wanted to use that so bad in the final chapter. But honestly, just for the fact that the, the program was getting so full, it was, it was taking a long time to not just compile, but to refresh the screen. Cause I, I had, I had so many elements on there, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that graphic of her, um, did two things I didn't like. One, it was making the program more bloated, but two, um, getting back to the original design of hero land. Um, I chose to make hero land flat designed because it would be less intensive on any graphics processor or the RAM or refresh rate on a browser. Mm-hmm. And so putting Atsumi in there, you know, as this giant head moving around, multiple layers of bitmaps fighting each other, it, it just wasn't going to work. And, and it didn't, it just, at that point, I, I built the, 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 the mini thing that you would, the, the, the experiment part of it. And it kind of worked, but it, it just didn't fit. So then I'm like, okay, well, let's just do something along the lines of the actual style of hero land and just let's build a head and um kind of reminds me of the the large head in the first star trek episode uh-huh yeah yeah you're talking about or no it's not with the first one but no well yeah those guys but there there's also a ghost or the uh, one that presents itself that's not the first episode sorry one of those star trek characters to what you're talking about with the um the heaviness of the the game the 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 gameplay the processing um had you, I had not played around with this on a tablet. Um, plus, there's Flash and HTML. Oh, it works great on a tablet. Remember, so yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, all good on all devices, both HTML, Flash. Were there any differences in how those output? Or oh, well, okay. Mm. Well, okay. Let's go back to HTML. It works <laughs> great on the Storyline Player for the tablet uh, mm-hmm. or iPad. It works. Fabulous, but I think that's uh, I don't think that's HTML5 or anything. I think that's uh, their their interp. Yeah, it's their little their little. F- I think it uses the Flash. Uh, yeah, output mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, which is which is fantastic, and it, it works it works good on that. It um okay, so the hangups. Now, strangely enough, you you can't well you can't because I pulled out the HTML5 file. Um, HTML5 is buggy. You can break the mecha- game mechanics in the first level because of the nature of there's there's a lot of timing um and you know how triggers can fire differently in flash and in html5 i think you guys are talking about that actually yeah i've Mm -hmm. I've run into that number of times yeah and this is exactly one of those situations so what would happen is I've, i've got stops or um the way the character doesn't move off the screen is that i've got conditionals um that's that basically state and i guess that we haven't even got to that part yet but I know where the character is at all times mm-hmm. um, based on her initial position, which is zero, zero. And uh, when you press a button, I just subtract whatever direction you're going, Y, X, or both if you're going diagonally, uh, one. Or if you're going forward or to the right, it's I'm adding mm-hmm. or up, I'm adding. And so um, basically, um, I know that at you know X equals negative seven, there's a barrier and the buttons are supposed to turn off. But in this particular case with HTML5, the buttons, if you press quickly enough, you can beat the trigger or the conditional from actually Mm, activating and turning off the button. And that's the problem. So I noticed this when one person that commented was like, Hey, I'm out in space. I'm in the air. And he's like, I think you've got a bug. And it, at first I thought, Oh, wait a minute. I, you know, I thought maybe that's the flash version. And then it realized, Oh, he, he must have um, bypassed the flash, got to the HTML5 version and then just was able to go wherever, which is, it's cool. I call it, called it God mode to him. Cause I thought it was cool, but then God mode is really boring because there's nothing to do once you, cause you can't trigger anything. Once you leave the system, you're just God, <laughs> you're just God and you can just walk around and yeah. But anyway, yeah. so, and you, n- you never heard from that person again. <laughs> Some say he's still out there. <laughs> and I wrote them a nice thank you letter on LinkedIn too. <laughs> was it LinkedIn? Oh, actually, it's one of the first people and only people I responded to in the forums. That's what it was. Um, 
Yeah. I tried not to like hog that space or just because everybody's asking the same question over and over again if they got stuck. So you actually pub. I, so did you actually publish the HTML5? I mean, because it, it's buggy anyway. So I, I did, and then I removed it just because yeah. I didn't want. I just I, basically, if you can, if you bypass the flash now, it, there is mm-hmm. an HTML5 page, a, a placeholder, and it just says, "Hey, there's no HTML5 version here." Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, it's possible. So it, it if if. I had enough time. I think I would, I'd work on that and polish it up. But since we don't have Storyline Two anymore, and 360 has now been thrown in all of our apps, honestly, I'd I'd rather. I would love eventually to do something. You know, I don't know about this, but something in HTML5 with those mechanics and have them work. I know it's possible. So somebody out there wants to try to tackle it. You know how long it took me. Good luck. But um, it, I really do believe that there is a workaround s- somehow to make an, a game engine fully in HTML5. And I must say, at this point, I, I have to really praise Articulate and Storyline because if you look at the plethora of HTML5 um, products out there, including Flash, Adobe Animate, if you, if you look at the plethora of stuff, the HTML5 output in Storyline is almost the best out there it seems odd and that you would i would say that as just a pure html5 thing because we're always fighting it but it really is that good i i completely agree i mean in fact that was one of the big turnoffs i had with storyline one when it first came out is i thought the html output was incredibly poor and then they do a very good job of continuously having updates fixing these little html five things. And I feel very comfortable with it now. Um, you know, I would never want to give a client something that, that didn't work. And I, I don't feel I'm in that situation anymore. Uh, so I completely agree. Mm-hmm. No, especially now with 360, because I, I never mentioned this on the show, Dave, but I I, 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 I published a, something I w- w- had in Storyline 2 and checked the HTML5, because that was the only version we were working on and I also could see not just that it's sharper you know and the text and everything looks nice but also I saw that frame rate it's like two two times faster than before <laughs> we I've been very happy with uh, what I've seen in 360 taking some of my older things and and having them in there I've actually this new thing I've been working on it uh, some of the hover states mess up I know you don't really have hovers in the you know tablet versions of things with HTML, but some of them mess up. So I actually have a little check to see if you're on a, on a tablet in JavaScript, um, to just kind of have, uh, uh, to say, don't run those uh, triggers in that case. So you have a condition for the variable, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Rick, did you have any, um, as you were kind of exploring what you were doing here, did you run into any, were there any, like, I really want to do this? Um, from a interaction standpoint or from just a, a, a game play standpoint that you ultimately were like, well, storyline, I just can't do that in storyline yet. I, I made some compromises. I think that's what we do. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we got a goal and then uh, we, we, we end up where we need to end up. Pretty much. I mean, I story or storyboarded things out. I had really good intention on certain things. But um, if it was too hard or I just felt like it was um, not meeting my expectations and it could be done easier or slightly different if I just changed my mindset, which I wish clients would do or bosses would do sometimes, um, you can get almost a better result um, if if uh, you just rethink the situation. Not necessarily force it to do what you want it to do, but just kind of go with the flow and and bend it. So like, like in that second level, it's a river that was originally supposed to be a, like a downhill ski thing where they were like basically bodyboarding that tiki totem down a, mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. a steep slope, you know, hopping over logs and things like that, which, which could work, but the mechanics were much more complex than to, than to do the river scene. And honestly, I didn't want it to be, um, Actually, I liked the, I liked the river. It was more it was more passive, and that opened up an entry, a segue for a waterfall, and then 
getting to the next level, which I wouldn't have probably had. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just have to tell you that I I loved the the dying of the totem. It it, it just falls on the ground. It's it's like in one frame, and <laughs> it really made me chuckle. <laughs> Yes, uh, simple 2D animation works every time. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Actually, back to that challenge where you're talking about that parallax challenge, I had done this parallax guy where you drag the thing, and I always ran into this problem where I, I had these checkboxes. As the person walked through it, I wanted the checkboxes to get checked off. Well, I couldn't do that. But having gone through your hero land, like right on the first thing, the way you move the background around, suddenly I was like, Oh my God! I I think I can, I think I can use that for that for that thing. So, thank you. Now I'm going to go back and I'm oh, going to try something new. Uh, Wait, did you do the office one? Was that yours or no? Yeah, where you drag the character and the the guy. Yeah, walks. it was great. No, I love that. Oh, thank you. That see see your idea sparked sparked Heroland. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I like that concept. I mean, that's that was yeah. the whole thing. It's like you you actually had it to where you had this thing that was working, but you were trapped in the slider. And so I guess I, I just iterated. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that, that was a problem. I was trapped in the slider. And so I had to use a big background, but thank you very much. I've got a new idea. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to re rework that. Oh, you can go miles now. <laughs> yeah. Well, after seeing that now, I, it's like you've moved the wall for me. So, um, another trick on that by the way is if you need to escape your scene just drop that layer on top with a cut scene on top of it which is really easy to do um a, a couple uh sequences like when the character comes out of the water and she looks up at the at the cliff she's still there in, like in the storyline but i just drop a layer on top with an animation of it panning up to the clouds where the cliff hmm. level is and you could do the same thing um you could do a cut scene if you're trying to make a cinematographic kind of uh, close-up shot of a character. Just have a totally separate character. Don't try to zoom in with the controls and get it all bitmappy. Um, just slap another layer with a larger head on there talking or in the position you want, and then pull that layer out when it's done. You can make a whole movie. It's an animation tool. The clever way sometimes is just the easy way. Uh, I would I yeah. would imagine in some cases. Oh, layers, layers are like flash movie clips to me. <laughs> if anybody knows what that is. Yep, yep. You know, sometimes I find myself in PowerPoint and I'm like, okay, well I'll just uh, create a layer and oh wait, wait, what program is this? I, <laughs> I I've I've come to love layers. Layers yeah. are awesome. Um, what what did you say was or what were the biggest problems that you had to overcome uh, while developing well that initial thing the just okay so okay the game mechanic the, really the key game mechanic okay in order to you you can't hot spot we didn't well you can now see now this is where 360 is kind of cool because you can intersect and i'm dying to try that out but my demo is going to run out in like a week so i'm probably not gonna get, gonna get there <laughs> immediately but i will i promise you um the uh Mechanics in Heroland rely on the character being at certain positions on that background map. And the way that is done, and I, there's one little e-bit, and I, it's real quick, but I, it talks about a UI, and that basically it talks about me adding or subtracting a variable for an X position and a Y position. Mm-hmm. And so I will... Lay, I'll, I'll put that UI out there and I'll have a, you know, your little percent X position percent and your percent Y position percent on the screen in a text box so I can see that that variable changing real time. Yep. Then I can move around the map. So I've got a free-flowing map and I'm like, I'll put a tree somewhere and I'll go find out what position that tree is at. So if I work walk my way over the tree or the potted or the little plant in this case... Um, I know that that's at like negative three, two or something. And I just make a conditional that when you get to, you know, those variables meet that. Um, and there's a couple tricks on that too. But the basic part is when I get to that position, I can trigger a movie clip to play. I can trigger, an, 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 and this is the other real cool 
thing that I, I really capitalized on, states. I can change the state to play. And so what you're seeing in Storyline, which is kind of freakish, that entire background, everything except for the, the mountains and the sky, everything on that ground in that first level is in one object, excluding the girl. And Jeez. oh, it's huge. And if you saw how much stuff I shoved in an object, <laughs> it would make you cringe. But I, I realize that's possible because I, I've you know I've seen people shove a lot of video slides and bitmaps and stuff in there. I'm like, it can take this. This thing's like a, a sieve. You can just pour content in each slide level, and that's what I did. But the thing that I also did um, on each of those slides. Um, when it changes a or state, when it changes a state, is that I had duplicate states. So, like, I have a state of like the the initial state of that little tiny flower just sitting there before it's watered. But as you water it, I change that state on you, and that state actually has an animation of the flower dropped at that position. That's like an on enter grow, and so I have a little flower. That flower switches to a small flower that grows mm -hmm. right there on the state. So I include all these animations. There's like, you know, hundreds of animations in these things too. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. But states. Oh man, that's where it's at. Nate's states. That's where it's at. <laughs> that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Dude. What about uh you got any ideas for updates or a Hero Land 2 in the future? Oh god. <laughs> or a Hero Land 360? Yeah. I I, I would like to do that, but I'm really going to have to figure out some, just some of the, the little bugaboo issues, you know, kind of like your picture thing. There's all, I've, I've got to deal with probably like 10 of those things. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure where to even begin because I, I think with storyline two, when, when I built it from the ground up, I didn't have to rely on so many other things tied in with it. This is like, it's almost all interwoven. And if I start pulling things out, I may break other things too. So um, it's a little more delicate and there may just have to be something. Yeah. Maybe a, a hero land two. Yeah. I think that, <laughs> hero land 1.5, 1, 1. 1.5. Yeah. Yes. Goth kid. Black <laughs> balloon. <laughs> That's the, in the upside down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When you started this development, I mean, you're already a very good storyline developer. But I'm pretty sure now that you have had this experience, some some knowledge of how to do things has probably changed or updated. Can you, what, do, do you remember any of it? <laughs> like experiences, you know, the, the things maybe you thought something will work this way and then actually you realized, oh no, this is better, so things like that. I, I can tell you, okay, I, I will tell you my production is quicker. Like with the e-learning challenges, I am like, just banging out stuff quick <laughs> um, because first I, I, I tell you this, it's maybe that two, you remember that 2000 hours you can become a concert piano or two. Was it? It's like no. 10,000, I think 10,000. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I put my time in with Heroland. So I've definitely upped the curve, but I have to say, you know, I, I don't do a lot of um, like compliancy trainings and things like that. Um, so those skills there, you know, you guys, you know how to, set things up in the background a lot better than, than I would. But for like just building out interactive stuff. Yeah. I, I think I really up, upped my own game. I'm not scared of as much either. I used like, I remember one of the first e-learning challenges like a, a year ago. It was probably when I did. Yeah. About a year ago. Um, it was a cereal challenge. I think making, no, was it cereal? Yeah. It was boxes of cereal. Well, I don't know why <laughs> David Anderson. Tell us why. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I struggled just making a box of cereal, like shake out some cornflakes in a bowl. I was like, ah, you know, it was like, this is, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, this is horrible. Where, where's Flash? Yeah. But of course, Flash is dead. So yeah, it's underground. <laughs> it, it is funny how you, you kind of like, it's like the, the, the more you go, the more you kind of understand it, the more you can say, you know, I think I could do that. You, you know, not, not having any idea how you're going to do it, but yeah. you can just say, I think I can do that. And then often you can. Um, and then the other times you can't, you don't tell anyone about it. Yeah. You just hide those files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you, you, you just say challenge accepted and you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Rick, do you remember any specifics? I'm really interested in that about this process post pre project experiences what has changed in your workflow with storyline uh you mean oh as an instructional designer as as in working in storyline like uh, oh i think yeah. uh, maybe maybe you editing states is now super awesome for you which wasn't before or something yeah i mean i think my toolbox is bigger and that's i think that's why i can i can produce things quicker so like for the last couple of challenges i think i cranked out at like maybe one or two extra challenge tidbits when when i didn't have to you know, like over the holidays mm-hmm. i decided to make two dials instead mm-hmm. of one um yeah so um but i i think manifesting i, I can think of things creatively and just kind of just go with that and just say okay can i do it again there's it i have a limit on my time and so if i hit a wall or something like that i'm like okay just just try it a different way or try something else. And, but, um, still I'm more willing to try something off the wall now, I think more than I did before. Does that make sense? I mean, mm-hmm. part of it's just because I can animate better. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. part of it. And I, I think I did kind of master, uh, animation, which I never thought I could get this far in storyline. I'm so happy that I can, I can actually make an animated character lip sync and talk if I wanted to. And I did, but I mean, I could do it on the fly now because I know how, and I'm willing to teach you all just stay tuned at articulate and look <laughs> for the review and tutorial coming up soon. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, by the way, do you guys know how, you, you did understand that in the e-bits, right? The, the lip syncing. I'm so surprised nobody's ever done that. I've never seen it done. And so Oh yeah, it totally makes sense. I was just surprised that you didn't use cue points. You went with the when time reaches, you know, because it's easier yeah. to move the cue points than to write the time. Uh, cue points are funny because if you put them up there and there's a bunch of them next to each other, they can kind of grab the wrong one or they overlap each other. And I can't read the darn numbers on them. So timing, ti- for me, I put really the, mainly I put times down. Um, hmm. And I don't mind changing them, but I can't bump them. I think that was that was an interesting thing for me. Okay, so I was par. Hereland made me ultra paranoid, and it's not without reason. And and I mean this in a light sense. But as a designer, the last thing you want to do is build something and then have it fail at some yeah. point, and you have no idea how it fails. So I I saved and saved and saved multiple copies that were stable. Yeah. And so I, I, I went from Hereland zero all the way up to 100, almost, 97, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> and then final and final two and final three, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a switch you can switch on in Heroland where you can see all the, or at least a, a fair share of variable references and you know things like that so you can read everything out yeah well that's you can see that one of the ebits yeah it's the ui ebit if you yeah. uh, it's just a layer that i turned on and off and that gives me positions and, and key variables i i kind of change out the variables so if it gets too messy i don't want to see it so i'll delete it and just change it to another variable but yeah just a running layer with your variables so you can see what's mm-hmm. been triggered what's not been triggered make sure everything's yeah. working because there's there's uh, and the thing is i uh, I don't think I did anything different. I think it, it just looks different. I know that you guys do things that are just as complicated when you're dealing with variables. I, I probably don't have that many more than your most complicated thing that you've ever built. Maybe less. Um, but it's, yeah, sometimes you really need to see all those variables. So Yep. That's how you problem solve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, a UI layer for variables and uh, anything else that I need in it. Did did you use the master slide at all? <laughs> you know, I was just looking at that tutorial today on the master slide for 360 from Matt uh, Guyan, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, well, I yeah. Think. I was just watching that. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's how you use the master slide. I it, honestly, um, you, you're gonna, you guys are gonna hate me, but you, you I, 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 do you know when I started using Storyline? Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a bomb. Well, then I'm gonna say last year, eleven months ago. I, I've only been using, yeah, I've only been using it since uh, June, maybe late May or June of last year. So right when the last Hero 
or hero last guru challenge started. Um, that's, that's when I was given the task to switch over from captivate <laughs> to, to storyline. I was, uh, I, I made a, a lateral in my job and, um, I got new tools and a PC as opposed to a Mac. So, so I guess, I guess that's a no on master slides. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. Sorry. I, I had to throw that in there, but yeah, no, I never use them. Um, because, well, I can see that I see their, I, I, I guess I like to mash things up so much that I don't always want to see a, a logo on the screen in the same spot. Maybe that's it or whatever. Or buttons. I, I'll send you my car, uh, gifts example. I, I showed to David. Unfortunately, I cannot share with anybody cause it's sort of private. And, but that was the, the thing, the, the, the what you're going to see, it's entirely, in a master slide, except for the questions that come up. Otherwise, it's not possible to have random questions come up and have the, you know, the same background. Oh, really? If you, yeah, yeah, because I had to have a, you know, question bank and then mm -hmm. make, the, make the background change uh, the position of the car uh, according to your answers. And that's everything you see there. It's just one master slide with millions of triggers and objects. Oh, so you're, you're changing like layers and states in the master slide. Y yes, except for the question that comes up from the question bank. Which triggers the variable that changes. Oh, okay. Well, that's oh, okay. Well, now I see it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, I, I don't, we don't use the master slide too much, but, you know, doing these you know, there are compliance uh, courses and various things like that where you need transcript and various other things. And sometimes you want a layer to always be on top um, over, you know, many, uh, many slides, many um, scenes. And um, so, yeah, we have little tricks where, because you can't reach the stuff on the master slide directly, um, like turn on this layer in the master slide. Nope. So just to have little uh, variables on the master slide that say, hey, when a variable changes, uh, do something. Yeah. Uh, just show this layer. So you've kind of got this uh, translation almost. Uh, and, you know, or, uh, hey, uh, every time you go to a new layer or something, hey, make sure that's on top. Make sure that's on top. Um, yeah, variables are the, the lifeline to the master slide. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Make sure, oh, you're talking about so uh, the Z ordering stays correct. Is that what you're talking about? It, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you'll be in a case where you know you can imagine transcript, but let's say you open up something in a layer, um, mm -hmm. and you need that to pop up over the transcript to pop up over um, that. So you put that on the master layer um, in a layer, the master slide in a layer, and you 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 always have just a simple. Uh, a variable that changes um, um, and so that, that'll always and then on the master layer or master slide if I can talk uh, you just constantly say uh, hey if this changes kick this to the top kick this to the top you know or just at least show the layer again and mm -hmm. again and again so it's it's kind of you know they're, they're tricks they're they're not no that's know, handy that's real handy they're not I ideal but um, and sometimes like and I've done a couple of videos about this, but I'll put a whole bunch. I've I'll almost create classes of triggers in a layer on a master slide, and um, just by a simple variable change, I'll say, "Hey, go through all this, do all these things," and um, then I can change it all in one spot. Um, I, I really wish I could push things through that, like, "Hey, um, show this layer or that layer," like you'd be able to do in, you know, as as we've maybe done before in flash but um but for now that works pretty well and uh, <clears throat> another one just to throw this out there is uh, apart from master slide there's the feedback master which is also super useful because that's also what i used a lot in the car example because every time a user would uh, answer correctly or incorrectly i would just have a variable there saying okay this time it was wrong so don't move the car or this time it was correct move the car so it was all done in the in the master slide um, of the f feedback master slide um and it it makes super easy also for other occasions cuz in this example with the 
you know, pharmaceutical course with 12 languages. I also went in the master, uh, feedback master, and then we had all the 12 versions of the feedback, uh, you know, correct, incorrect, and in, in, in all 12 languages. So all the object states change according to the variable, and it was all in one nice feedback master. So if we had a mistake, I just went there in the master, changed it, and it was applied, you know, to all 15 questions that were in the end. And it saves you a lot of time. Oh, very nice. Okay, my head's spinning. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the master slides uh, ears are burning right now. Yeah. <laughs> it knows we're talking about it. Okay, on that happy note, I think uh, we'll wrap up the episode four of the e-learning guys. Uh, Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, please sure. tell the listeners where can they find you and the hero land. Oh yeah, you can find me at richardleehill.com if you want to see my stuff or you can just look me up on Articulate and just in the forums you probably can type and find me somewhere. Type in hero land. Yeah. And you, Dave? Uh, for me, learning development, you can always find me at illumingroup.com. And for uh, templates that I build, uh, that my team helps me build, and um, for a lot of the videos and other things that I've been doing uh, on uh, e-learning and Storyline, you can check out elearninglocker.com. And I'm often on Twitter uh, at uh, Dave underscore Charney, uh, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And how about uh, you, Nates? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at N-E-J-C-D and also on elearningbrewery.com, which is up now, finally. Ah. Um, all the show notes for this episode, you can find them at theelearningguys.com slash four. Uh, if you have any feedback or questions or storyline challenge for us, you can easily send a message through the website and um, hope you all have a great time and catch you in the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. All right, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was That's fun. It's like me listening to you guys, but then I can actually ask you questions. Or, well, or vice versa. Oh, is David still there? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Okay, well, we'll get him back. Hopefully Chicago's still there. Because it's always getting attacked by aliens in movies. It is, yeah.